0: You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Jacob Lukwitz, online and social media editor at ST Times.
1: In today's episode, we'll be talking about the moves that actually increase diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace, especially in the tech industry. With me today, I have Matt Martin. He's the CEO of Clockwise to talk about the matter. Welcome to the show, Matt, and thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Jacob. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. So, so to start off, is diversity training uh, an effective measure to, to combat inequ- inequalities in the workforce in the tech sector? You know,
0: this is a super interesting topic because the literature on diversity training working is a little bit, it's it's a little bit split. Um, it seems to be that diversity mm-hmm. training, not done well, uh, you know, if you're just kind of going through the motions, or if you're just bringing in diversity training in order to try to educate your workforce, does have a variety of pitfalls that don't lead to long-term, lasting results. But mm-hmm. um, there is a place for diversity and
1: inclusion training if it's approached uh, correctly. And uh, around when is this uh, is diversity training a thing that started, you know, popping up in in the tech sector, and that tech Companies increasingly started incorporating.
0: Well, you know, that's it's an interesting question, Jacob. You, you kind of have to go back to the history of uh, DI uh, in the tech sector in general. Um, you know, diversity training has been something that's been present in the American workforce for some time, but I think the tech sector really woke up to some of the problems that we have from a diversity perspective in the last decade, and certainly within the last five years, and that's intensified even the last uh, couple um, and. And one thing that I think is interesting about this is you can see you can see some of the evolution in the terminology we use itself. Uh, first, talking about diversity, then talking about diversity and inclusion, then talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, and I think um, you know one one point of optimism here is that I think that the tech sector is has moved from playing um, I don't know what the what the what the nice word is, but I guess kind of dressing up. The problem and and addressing it as a superficial layer to actually diving in and thinking about not just how do we bring employees, not just how do we make them feel like they're a a critical part of the workforce, but actually living that on a day to day basis, making sure that people are included, that there is equal treatment in the workplace, that is an ongoing effort. And I think that that comes back to the diversity training, which is that if you're just doing it for lip service or if you're just trying to check a box, um, it's not going to be successful because you really need ongoing consideration from a leadership level and baked into the culture of the organization, but how are we going to make sure mm-hmm. that equity and inclusion is a part of our day-to-day operations? And diversity and inclusion training can play a part in that, certainly. Um, I think that it can be a helpful part, but it has to be done in order to make a change for the long-term, not just to make a short-term um,
1: piecemeal effort. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so, um, in, in terms of, you know, making these changes that are necessary, do you think it's more, should be more of a, a top-down approach from the leadership or something that should be kind of relegated to the HR departments? Like, how, how is the best way that you find this to make a cultural change?
0: Well, like, like many things in terms of changing a workplace culture or changing a mode of operation, it, it, it has to be a holistic effort, and so it has to be something that is engaged with at all levels of the company. Um, I would say that leadership engagement is critical. You can't get this done in the proper way unless leadership is engaged, taking it seriously, and really considering how to move the organization forward. Um, so you, so while I think a bottom-up effort that where there's wide participation from the employee base and consideration from the employee base is a critical part of this. If you don't have the leadership participating, if you don't have leadership taking it seriously, it's just not going to transform the organization. And then to the final element that you point out is the HR department. Um, I think it's 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 very helpful and increasingly part of the trend to have dedicated support uh, in terms of operations inside the HR department. But if that's the only place it lives, it's not going to be successful. You can't drive organizational change from inside one department with
1: one key stakeholder trying to, you know, move, move the entire organization. Right. Right. Um, as you mentioned a bit before, can you tell me a bit more about uh, diversity training that that'll be more long term, more ongoing, what, what is necessary yeah. for that Yeah. Know, rather than having, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there are, the, the most important point is that this is part of a one, just one part of a wider effort. Um, so, there are a few elements to that wider effort uh, that, that is identified in the literature. A bit is one: you should start to measure your progress. Um, so if you if you haven't already done an employee diversity inclusion survey, uh, I would highly recommend that. There are some wonderful tools out there. Um, we use Culture Amp, um, and you're getting a baseline for where you currently stand, how employees are feeling. And these surveys are, Jacob, they're not. It's not just trying to measure the statistics that you see in a lot of articles about representation, it's really going a step deeper in terms of equity inclusion. How do people feel like they're involved in the decision-making process? Do people feel like they have an outlet for their voice? And so really making sure that it's not just a numbers game, but that you're actually representing that all employees have a chance to impact the culture of the company. So measuring is a critical part of this. And once you're set up to measure, um, you can include that diversity training as one part of a larger effort. Um, there's some There's some great programs out there. I think that you want to set up a cadence that works for your company. Uh, you know we're a relatively small company, larger companies have much more sophisticated efforts, but making that diversity training not just a one and done but something that really comes back in the company, something that you after that diversity training is done, you're having conversations about what do actions look like so that you're not just stating words or checking a box, but like, how do you change behavior on an ongoing basis? Um, and mm-hmm. then some other, some other tips, and this depends a little bit on the culture of or organization, but it's recommended that um, it is the, the research is a little bit torn here, but it is recommended that you make diversity training voluntary. Um, there can be some, the literature has found that there's some negative effects of when people feel like they're compelled to participate this can be a tough Mm -hmm. one for leaders because you really are trying to change the culture of the organization and the people who would self-select out of that training uh, might be some of the people that you want to have in that training the most, but that can, that that can backfire. You have to work hard to make sure that those people are, are brought into the process.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So are you, are you finding that some organizations are moving towards like kind of having voluntary diversity training? You know, there's not really good. Oh, go ahead. Oh, and I was going to ask, if, do you think this is this should be the adequate uh, approach for the process?
0: Yeah, there's not really good data that I've seen on uh, trend lines. Mm-hmm. There, I know anecdotally some are. That what you have to pair that it, with is if it is voluntary, and and I think this is one of the critical parts of a holistic approach is you have to make sure that employees are evaluated on inclusion. That change of behavior is what matters. So. Mm-hmm. You, might, you might consider evaluating employees on how well they moderate discussions to make sure everybody has a chance to contribute or how they solicit opinions from uh, appropriate people or how they work cross collaborative or work with colleagues, making sure that they're evaluated on inclusion and their ability to bring other people in the process. And if those incentives are set up correctly, this isn't always the case. Everybody's different. Um, you're going to have some people who just resist uh, training or resist participation, but hopefully... If you're truly evaluating people on their efforts for inclusion, they're going to have a stronger desire to participate in activities that make them better at that skill set. And that's ultimately what diversity training should do is help them be aware of their own biases, help them be aware of where they're falling short, help them be aware of the areas where they might have strength and where they can actually use those strengths to make the
1: whole organization a better place for everyone. Mm -hmm. Is that sort of, uh, you know, gauging where the company is at? Is that sort of where the the initial survey comes in? Should that be the first step of the process? That's right. Because with a survey, then Mm -hmm. you can measure your
0: progress over time. Um, And I, you know, the surveys, uh, I, I can't overstate that enough, is you need to understand your baseline and you need to be able to measure progress. Because if you're not able to understand the baseline or measure progress over time, you can bring in something like a diversity training and feel like, you've checked that box or you've completed that task or you've moved the organization forward. And in reality, um, the data shows that the effects and impacts of diversity training uh, can be very varied and they wear off over time. So if Mm -hmm. you don't have that understanding and you're not regularly um, asking these questions, whether it's quarterly or uh, twice a year, um, you're not going to understand The the give and take of the effectiveness of the the tactics you're taking to try to move the company forward.
1: Um, And one other thing pertaining to the topic that I kind of came across was um, introducing something called salary transparency. Yeah. Is that sort of, uh, you know, does that sort of play into this? Will that, do you think, ameliorate certain inequalities? Well, so
0: the the underlying premise of salary transparency, uh, which I agree with wholeheartedly, is that when you aren't when you don't have the mechanisms to enforce uh, equity inside your company, and those decisions are made in private, that they are not even if it's not malicious, even if it's unintended, um, it's very easy for Bias to slip into comp, uh, to compensation, and it's easy for mm-hmm. those uh, inequities to exist in a way that people aren't aware of them until it's too late, and it's really damaging for mm-hmm. your company and for the morale of the employee base. Um, really? Salary transparency is a very—I um, find it incredibly interesting. I will be completely honest: we do not practice salary transparency at Clockwise. Um, I I do like the concept. Um, I think it's a it's a pretty. Um, there are other ramifications of salary transparency that you have to consider. It, whether or not you're willing to go that far at your organization, I know some people at companies who have operated under salary transparency swear by it. Um, I admire it. What we do at Clockwise is is one step short of that, which is that we do commit to um, completely non negotiable offers. And we commit to uh, maintaining salary bands that everybody is evaluated against equally, so that there's no one-off modifications of salaries such that people's uh, compensation can get out of whack with their capability. It's one of the areas that you see this really erode uh, vis-a-vis salary transparency and uh, compensation? Is um, the in uh, the literature shows this is that people from underrepresented groups or perhaps people who haven't been um, you know, brought up you know, with the same background or the same access to opportunity, or for a variety of reasons, uh, people may not be aware to negotiate. And the negotiation is where uh, people who press hard, who are press hard in the original negotiation, for this squeaky wheel throughout compensation discussions inside the company, they often get an advantage. Um, and others aren't even aware that they can do that or should do that. And so, by evening the playing field by eliminating that. Um it can go a long way it's not a it's not a solve again all of these have to be holistic
1: but it's one way mm-hmm. to make sure that compensation is is fair and equitable right, right great um yeah so one of my last questions here is uh, kind of more broadly speaking are you seeing that there there really is a shift that companies are hiring more underrepresented workers in the tech sector than before well,
0: th- Yeah, I I do think that it has. If you look at the macro level data from, from, so one thing that's been really helpful, again, is measurement is a lot of companies are now reporting out their numbers. And so for the first time really ever, it makes it possible to look year over year at trend lines and how companies are doing. And so again, going back to measurement, we now have an understanding of the scope of the problem and the progress that's being made. I would say that the the progress has been fits and starts. Uh, it is getting better. It's getting better at some companies over other companies. Um, some companies are doing quite well at this. Uh, you know, Lyft is an example of a company that has really put a lot of effort behind this and uh, has put a lot of um, progress forward in the numbers. Um, but again, the numbers also only... There's a little bit of a deficit here, Jacob, because when you just look at the numbers, the progress on the numbers, which is essential, I don't want to underrepresent it, it is necessary but not sufficient. Um, you can move those numbers and still have a workplace that's uh, non-equitable in reality or not inclusive on the ground, and so you have to also kind of look to anecdotal data. And I think I think both areas are making progress, but not near where we want them yet. Um, but I do mm-hmm. find that some again some of the areas for optimism are the fact that leadership inside these companies are taking seemingly taking these conversations much more seriously than they have in the past, thinking about it holistically, and putting in concrete efforts inside the company in terms of measurement, in terms of engagement, in terms of, in terms of providing the space for employees to discuss, um, to actually make progress on what it's like to work at the companies and also drive forward a more diverse and inclusive hiring
1: process. Right. right. Great. Um, is there anything else that you feel is important to cover that I haven't asked about?
0: I think, you know, I think that one of the most important things that I, I like to remind everybody of who may be listening is that these topics can sometimes be uncomfortable and they can sometimes scare people off uh, even very well-intentioned people because they don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to be perceived in the wrong light, but it's really incumbent, especially for those who aren't in underrepresented groups to participate, to be thoughtful, to be compassionate, and to bring forward that there is a desire to make for a more diverse and equitable workforce because as the literature shows and as I truly believe and feel, we make better products, we make better software, we make better technology when our workforce actually represents the people that will be using our technology. And so this is, it's it's an incredibly important area and I would just implore anybody who's listening to really think about how you can get involved in your own workspace And get over that, you know, get over that hump of maybe um, apprehension about getting involved because uh, everybody will be better for it if we all actively engage in this. Thank you, Matt, for coming on the show. It was great speaking to you. Of course. Thanks so much for having me and uh, have a great rest of your day.
1: Great. You too. Uh, And a big thanks to all the listeners of today's show. Be sure to check out all the episodes on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Until next time, this has been What the Def.